Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back. Uh, Josh Jenkins in the chair for uh, Andy Ma, who's on about hole 61 of well, we 72. Uh, approximately. Don't ruin a good story. Mm. Andrew goes is here. He's, last, he's into his last hour. Last for the calendar year. year. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. But it's very heavy lifting I've had to do throughout the course of the year as well. Uh, heavy amount of Glen 20 that you've just put in my direction too, which I'm not sure why because I haven't done anything. Mm. Uh, but uh, we've got like Australia's <laughs> preeminent football broadcaster yes. on the line. Lucy Zalich is with us to talk about uh, what's happening uh, domestically with the uh, A-League mm. grand final being shifted or given or uh, handed to Sydney for the next few years, but also what's happening over there in Qatar with the FIFA World Cup. Lucy, thanks so much for giving us a few minutes of your time. Oh, lad, pleasure to be here. Always great to have a chat. <laughs> now, I haven't got uh, the opportunity to just... Uh, punched your name into uh, the website here or the webpage and it says uh, Lucy Zelich gets emotion- emotional discussing Croatia's historic World Cup. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, a few tears, <laughs> few tears shed on the telly. Oh, mate, I've, I've always <laughs> worn my heart on my sleeve and the fact that I had to wear my heart on my sleeve in front of the nation during that World <laughs> Cup experience in 2018 was more than more than I wanted to have to share with the nation. Um, but, you know, it's a really emotional time and, and football just evokes that. And when you think about Croatia, for example, I mean, one half of my heart, of course, is Australian, born and raised here, but my blood, my ancestral blood, it's all linked back to Croatia. Um, that's where my parents are from, my extended family, um, and my other half of, of of course, will always be dedicated to that. Um, but, you know, th- for a country of just 4 million people to be in another semi-final uh, for the third time in 24 years yeah. of just over 4 million, you kind of go, this is really special. And we've faced so much socioeconomic and political crises over the years. You know, everyone I'm sure can agree that every country felt the effects of the pandemic, but Croatia also very much so. We're a country that's also very largely reliant on tourism. So to, to be in this moment um, is really special and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that again, if we do manage to, by the, the, the sheer god of grace, to, to make it past Argentina and end up in the final, and it's France and us again, I don't know that I'll be able to take it. It'll be too much for me. <laughs> hey, Lucy, it is incredible, and, and I don't know how much time you spend there, and how much you know or can provide us with an explanation for it. But it's, for whatever reason, it's not exclusive to football either. You look at what they do in basketball with the tennis players they've been able to produce. Uh, what can we learn from the way they are doing it? Because uh, it's, they just seem to, with, with a small nation like you mentioned, be able to produce incredible athletes. We're a bunch of animals, aren't we, <laughs> basically put? I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, you know, handball as well is something that they're very passionate about. Water polo, they're very effective into. Uh, you know, we often think if we could merge all the Balkan nations into one, um, we'd have one hell of a football team and we'd actually go and, and, <laughs> and win the damn thing every year without, well, every tournament um, without contest. Uh, but, you know, they do. They're very skillful in a range of sports. And I think so much of it has to do with the fact, I mean, you can even compare it to the country of Uruguay, right? Mm. Um, we know that they crashed out of the tournament but 
they've always put in such a, a strong and solid fight at these tournaments and they're a country of also roughly the same population. I think it has a lot to do with the, the history and the, the spirit of the nation, you know, for a country of Croatia to have gone through such, uh, you know, turmoil um, and to, to have to rise above that, um, you know, coming out of war and, and to be as resilient as what they were to face so many challenges and to build their country again from the ground up um, to when they became a republic. I think it, it really has transpired through the people's spirits, their hearts, their their passion, their resilience, their pursuit of excellence and to, to never give up. I mean, you see with the Croats, we go right to the death in, in penalties and we never, <laughs> ever give up. Mm. Um, and that I think a lot of it has to do with mental fortitude. You know, we were so proud of the Socceroos at the tournament because they really grasped it. They gave it everything that they had, which was a stark comparison to how they performed in 2018, you know. Under Bert Van Marwijk, we went there just to minimise damage. And I, and I keep saying it, I'm so upset with the way that we performed still four years on because we, we know that we're better than that. And Graham Arnold showed that we were damn well better than that here in 2022 in Qatar. So it was a delight to watch. And I think that, you know, spirit and, and fight has a lot. To, there's a lot to be said for that in sport. There really is. Uh, the market now, I've got, I get the feeling you or the Croatian football team don't care about the market. <laughs> but the, the, odds, <laughs> the odds makers are telling us you've got next to no chance against Argentina. Do you, in your heart of hearts... Of course, I'm not going to ask you to put your bias aside, but yeah. do you think you can knock off the Argentines? Well, I didn't even think we'd bloody beat Brazil. Like, <laughs> let's be quite frank about it. You know, when I'm watching the game and I'm thinking to myself, you know what, I had, I'd even predicted it. I said to my other half, I go, you know what, we're going to get spanked 4-1 here. I had this feeling that we were just going to absolutely cop it because Brazil, when you look at the strength of their side, I mean, they had depth for days, firepower coming out of their ears. Uh, you know, Chiche, a fantastic coach with them, has managed to do wonderful things with his team. They play electrifying football. We love what they do. Neymar at his absolute peak and best. So the pick of plays in every single position across the park. Uh, you know, I really didn't think we stood a chance, but, you know, once it pushed through to that penalties level, and with how fantastic our goalkeeper's been, I thought, you know what, we're, we're really in with a shot here, and mm. that's when I started to believe. And we, look, we went through the same kind of um, path in 2018 as well. We were pushed at least three times before we made it to the final against France through to penalties. And once you get to penalties, I feel like it's that's when the mental side of things really start to come into the game, because you've had players out there on the park for 120 minutes, and they're feeling it, you know, yeah. they're tired, they're exhausted um, and look, against the Argies, I know they're going to give us a game, but look Argentina, they're always difficult, right? Because you watch them and you think, oh, I feel like we just haven't seen them go to that next level yet when are they going to release the trailer? When are they going to really go <laughs> at a team? And, and, and you know what, I'm yet to see it and what I'm starting to believe is that they don't maybe have that next level, you know, we're talking about a Messi who's coming towards the tail end of his career much like Ronaldo, we all wanted the fairy tale but football is no fairy tale, it's full of heartbreak and yeah. pain, really, let's be honest especially at a World Cup for so many nations. Um, but, you know, I think that the Croatians are going to... They're going to be really tough. The bookies can get stuffed. Yep. Um, because I, <laughs> that may be a bit of bias, but also a bit of... I mean, you know, look at Morocco. Who would have predicted that Morocco yeah. are where they are right now? They're knocking out yeah. Portugal. And they're in this situation. This is huge for them, you know. Historically, they've, they've written history. Um, and, you know, and they've done it with players of, of high-quality calibre. I mean, coming into this tournament, I remember yeah. talking about it with friends, and they always turn around and say, look, Morocco are no mugs, particularly when you look at them on paper, but you never imagine that a nation um, of that size, you know, the first African nation to make it at this level is, is just huge. Um, you know, for them to be able to progress to this mm. point in the tournament, it's just magnificent. So anything can happen on the day. Don't rule anyone Yeah, out. absolutely. Hey, Lucy, just uh, on a more local front, we heard the news today and 
It is great that uh, New South Wales and their, their state government them, yes. there is investing some significant dollars in order to secure the grand final series. Uh, it's a change because usually it's the highest ranked team that gets the home field advantage. Uh, what do you make of it? What do you make of this this shift that the uh, the new organisation that's running the A-League has now, for all intensive purposes, they've sold off the final series? They sold this. So there's nothing great about this, guys. And for all the listeners out there who are football lovers, you'll be able to agree with me. There's nothing great or good about this decision. The A-Leagues can try and dress this pig up as much as they like and they can call this turd whatever they want, but it is still a turd. It's disgusting, it's despicable, it's disgraceful, and it's a slap in the face to all of the football fans who have genuinely stood by their teams in this competition for all these years. We have absolutely ridden these fans through the ringer right, for their capital, for their loyalty, for their commitment to this competition through its highs and its lows. And to do this, they have to be honest. I would have much preferred that Danny Townsend, who I will say I've got nothing against Danny, he's a great guy, but on this front I have to say, Danny, this is a disgrace. Um, You know, I would have much preferred that Danny came out and said, you know what, guys, we are economically as a league, we continue to struggle, right? Mm. We're not getting the ratings that we would have liked across our our new broadcast partnership. Crowd attendances are quite low. There were some fixtures before we broke to the World Cup that were generating just over 2,500 fans. That's embarrassing. I mean, this is a league this is a, a competition and a sport that's talking about wanting to be at the very best at the, the you know the, the top of the food chain in Australia. We're nowhere near achieving that, and making moves like this only further dampens our opportunities and our potential to be able to achieve that. So you know to come out and say that this is a good thing and that there's a reason why they've done this and it's you know creating history, a future history for our sport. To use Danny's words, what type of history are we creating by doing this? What's a, yes, you're. You're lining your coffers, which are desperately needing to be filled. And I tell you now, with how many fans you're going to piss off, you're going to need that money. (laughs) But ultimately, we are in a situation where, as a sport, we need to be better, guys. And you can sense the passion and the fury in my voice. Yes, yes. I've been loving this game for so long, and I want to see it achieve the heights that it's capable of. But we're thrusting fans into a scenario now where if, say, let's say, for example, Melbourne victory, Melbourne City in the final. Yeah. You're going to force fans to not only then have to look, because we only find out who's going to be in the grand final a week out, right? So you've got to force them into a scenario where they've got to find accommodation and flights, which, by the by, I'm not travelling at the moment. I don't know about the rest of you lot. If work's not paying for it, who's willy-nilly just forking out almost $800 to go up north and back Mm. with your family for for, for fun? Like, Mm. who's doing that? Because the cost of living is through the roof. We have to be real about what this is doing to Australians right now. And by doing this, that's not being real with your fans. You're not giving them the opportunity to come and give the best type of atmosphere possible. Yeah. Because I can tell you now, do you think a bunch of Sydney siders are going to come to watch two Melbourne two Melbourne teams duke it out? Yeah. They're not going to give a crap. <laughs> so we've got to start getting real, guys. And if we want this sport to be the best that it can be, then let's start to level with the fans. At least if you're going to make the cash grab for you know what's reported to be an eight-figure sum, tell us. Say, guys, you know what? We've done this in the short term. We've had to do it for financial reasons. We are struggling at the moment. We're looking to build our league. Um, you know, there's no PR spin on this. And that's what I think is the most insulting part. It's been really difficult to digest, I feel, for everybody in this scenario because mm. it's not good for the game. And it's just not good for the fans who provide so much love and 
loyalty and, and, and they are the lifeblood of this game too. In addition to the players, you've seen Craig Goodwin come out and say, mm. you know what, just to be clear, because he features in the video. And a lot of the people that feature in the video are good football people. They've been yeah. forced into this scenario. Let's shove the shoehorn in. Hey, guys, come and do this promotional video and say exactly what we want you to say because we need to dress this turd up. No! <laughs> yeah. Stop doing it. Stop wow. Doing it. Uh, we we, we, oh, we love, love it, Lucy. We, there's a reason passion, we wanted Lucy. to get you on today because we love your passion. Uh, thanks so much. And it makes you, a whole lot of sense too. Yeah, a lot of sense, uh, a lot more than you and I. So thanks, Lucy, for coming on. Good luck to your Croatians on Wednesday morning. Yes, the game on. starts at 6. I figure you'll be up well and truly before that. So thanks so much for giving us a few minutes today. I won't sleep at night. It's always a pleasure, Josh, Gazy, big yep. fan. Take care, guys. Anytime. Uh, good on you, Thank Lucy. Thank you. That was Lucy Zelich. Well, that's made the podcast.